Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we discuss a different Alkaline Trio song. This week, it's Message from Kathleen. But I know you're worth the pain. Ack! Great, great start. Uh, I mean, it's uh, I'm a big fan of Kathy, too. I would write a message to Kathy. Great comic. Ack! Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Ack! And that's uh, David Anthony, my uh, my intern. Mm-hmm. Um, your monosyllabic friend. Thank you for for joining us. Uh, so this podcast, we we discuss a different Alkaline Trio song every single week, and we have divided. David and I have divided the Alkaline Trio catalog into four playlists. Four, four of them, David. Why four? Well, we divided them up chronologically in playlists one two and three and then a fourth is kind of the uh the etc playlist of everything that came after asian man records this week we're on playlist number one asian Asian man Man records and we have a banger of a track from the band's debut lp god damn it message from kathleen I mean, this is, this is for real. This is, this is one of my favorite Alkaline Trio songs. Favorite, yeah. Okay, I, I just freaking love this track so much, and it's one of those that's like really like followed me. I think through so many different phases of being a fan of this band. This is one that I clung to immediately, mm-hmm. and it has found a way to like be a part of of my my life throughout well take me take me back for the first time you heard god damn it did this song immediately jump out to you it was like yes. oh shit oh man absolutely and it, and it jumped out um and i think a lot of people probably had a similar experience with uh hearing this track within the god damn it sequence because it comes at kind of like a lull sure yeah in the in you know southern rock is kind of a, a dip Really, mm-hmm. because like Goddammit starts out so strong and it really maintains like through track eight, which is clavicle. And then Southern Track Rock, seven is clavicle. What's track eight? My little needle. Also a banger. I'm I'm not trying to be pedantic here, friend. I'm just yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. trying to make sure we set the story right. Right. Um but Southern Rock is, you know, kind of like a, a, a low key song and message from Kathleen just from that. That snare ride oh. well, that he, starts it off. Well, he's riding up on a, on on the tom, but I'll give you that. Is it? But it's on the rim. On the rim, the and rim then he transit. It's it's thing. which is a great little intro, uh-huh. I have to say, and also like very weird way to start a song because he's basically just starting a song with a drum roll. Yeah, but it feels so weird and just makes perfect sense at the same time. Well, let's take a break from talking about me for a second, and let's talk about Glenn. I would love to talk about Glenn. This is, I, I really, really love Glenn as a drummer mm-hmm. for this band just because he is so out there in comparison to drummers of this genre. Totally. And it's it's one of the things that I, I really love about, you know, like 
kind of the way I've put the history of this band together in my own brain is you have a former drummer who's playing guitar, Mm -hmm. who's figuring it out. Yes. You've got a drummer who, with the way that Glenn plays, in comparison to Matt, it's Mm -hmm. almost like... Glenn's the only drummer that Matt knows. Yes, yes. And they have they have very, very different influences. And then you have Dan. Mm-hmm. And Dan comes in and Dan, Dan's got the the lengthy discography uh, that comes before the Alkaline Trio. And he's like the last piece for, you know, the, the first phase of the band, really. Totally. Um, but I, lo- I really, really like the way Glenn plays because it's just so off kilter. It's so weird and Mm -hmm. so interesting and this is a track in particular where he is all over the place doing a lot of things that nobody else would be thinking of doing yeah and i think that carries through even when you listen to glenn's earlier bands like if you listen to tommy rot he's all over the place Uh and you know tommy rot famously put out a split with slapstick so that's a very early yeah famously they very famously put out a split together uh and that's a very early Dan Glenn connection. But Glenn then played in, you know, 88 Fingers Louie for a while. And, like, I think he did a good job of that band, like, elevating the kind of melodic hardcore drumming a uh-huh. little bit. Because even there, like, he's definitely doing faster, more straightforward stuff. But he's got some really weird fills and just, like, weird flares he throws in. And I think in Alkaline Trio, you know, they aren't playing necessarily as fast as 88. But he's really just filling all of the space. Yeah, you know he he knows how to just like do something small that will just like really shine, and he never just like sticks on a simple four four beat for too terribly long. He's always moving around the kit, right. moving from hi hats to, to ride to doing all this and like throwing in like these like sixteenths on the hi hats like out of nowhere, uh-huh. and that really shines on this track. Yeah, absolutely, because I think that this song in particular, like where you notice. Glenn the most is kind of like in between beats mm-hmm. when he's hitting symbols. I mean, especially like if we're going to pinpoint it really, it's like the faster section. Where yeah. This is, this song has a lot of parts and like, <laughs> yes. you know, there's effectively two pre-choruses to this song. The second being the, then I'll go faster. Yeah. And Glenn, if you notice, like, you know, we got we've got like the dynamics, the the uh, the the quiet parts. But when it kicks in, Glenn throws first, he throws like uh, like a roll on the hi-hat. That's kind of like a dancey beat. Yeah. yeah. And then it, and then he kind of comes back with like a weird, like choppy thing that makes like no sense. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's that kind of like borderline dance beat thing is something he used in like cringe the first song on the record yeah and kind of brings back here and it shows how he's able to like take these things that could really fuck up a song or really make them feel tonally very different and yeah. can just like play the shit out of them well i think that like that sort of like that technique that like you know you referred to it as dancing and i think that's exactly what everybody like associates with it that is like sort of a that could be a really really bad like kind of like production like decision to be like Mm -hmm. oh you got to throw this in here yeah well if you lean too heavily on it Uh if it's like if the hi-hats and snare are really pronounced in a section like that and i think there are some like agony and irony era songs that you know right. Derek uses a beat like that but uh-huh. because it's so high in the mix you 
can't help but feel like, oh shit, this is yeah. like now a disco song. Right. You know, it's like now they're trying to be the Bee Gees. Here, it's just like, it's just played so fast and so hard. Right. It, it doesn't matter. There, and, and it communicates a vigor. And I feel like that's like a really, really good adjective for this track, really, mm-hmm. is yeah. that this this song, really, it blows through from start to finish like from that instrumental like to just basically part after part after part yeah and and i think what i like about it too and thinking about it in those terms is that effectively it's the dan song on this record yeah we had enjoy your day Mm mm-hmm which is kind of a, a weird track when you think about it well it's it's a weird track in the sequencing because up to this point like you know dan came in on the I Light, uh, no, not I Light My Face Off for Your Lungs Only EP uh-huh. and sang some backups on that. And if you're listening to this record for the first time, you know, the first five songs are all just Matt bangers for the most part. Dan's occasionally singing backup. And then track six, you're like, who is this guy right. singing this sad song about sending someone fly? Like, uh-huh. you know, like, what is this? And I think this song really was very necessary for people to be like, oh. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, he had been in Tuesday who were not as popular as Slapstick, his band before, which he did not sing in, really, aside from a straight line here or there. And, like, Tuesday, while really good, was much more, like, mid-tempo-y kind of basically emo, right. you know? And I think a great band who wrote great songs, but, like, this track is fucking fun. Yeah, it's super fun, and it, it, it and it comes out. And two, I think, like you know, you have that like that um, frame of listening to it, where you know it's somebody hearing it for the first time, thinking like, "Who is this guy?" Or somebody that's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, this is Dan from Tuesday." Totally. And now looking back on it, it's like thinking about Dan as Dan from the Alkaline Trio. Yeah. Like, there's, I get a real joy just out of like the presence that he has on this track and and it comes so late in the record yeah that you know it's it's just it's really fun i think to consider like this is the beginning of dan as a like singer of for the alkaline trio totally totally and and like you said it coming kind of in that lull between southern rock and troubled breathing which are very dark slower songs you know, uh, one very much written about Satan, the other written about suicide. Like you kind of need something as much as lyrically it's, it's kind of similar to enjoy your day. They're both sad. Like, yeah. You know, like, Oh, I miss this person. Da, 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 uh-huh. type of songs. This one's just got such a bounce that is really kind of undeniable. But, you know, I want to ask you, we, we, we haven't totally hit on it. What was your connection or what is your connection to the song? Cause you uh-huh. said from the jump, this was one that kind of like, stuck out to you man i just think it's like it's it's got the effect of you know it always comes kind of out of nowhere for me yeah even though i'm prepared for it i'm i guess like always reminded of like how great it is just for the fact that it like presents itself in the way that it does it's got these parts that lead into to each other but it's also like it's it's a song that like I think no matter no matter where you are in your life, you relate to what's going on here. Yeah. You know, partially because it's it's spelled out, but also because it's vague. 
Yeah. And I think that like every time that I come back and listen to it, I'm applying it to to my life in in a different way, but also the familiarity of it. For sure. Because I think that like, you know, one of the things I like about it is that it's it's a song called Message from Kathleen. Really not sure what Kathleen's role in all of it. Yeah, we don't know much about Kathy. Yeah, but we we know that. And 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 I've always wondered, like, is is Kathleen like you? Is is Kathleen the you in this song, or is like Kathleen just the communicator, like for you? Sure, and I think that's something Dan does well, and it's something we touched on in the she took him to the lake episode, which yeah. is like, you know, he does a good job of kind of like telling you exactly what's happening but you're not sure what perspective we're looking at things from, you know? And I really appreciate that on a song like this because it's so clearly like a am pining for you song. Yeah. You know, but I, I think he does it in a way that says he's never like objectifying the other person, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. He may be putting a lot of feelings onto them or projecting things, but it's never treated with anger and it's never treated with a kind of just like disregard for their own personhood. And yeah. I think he does a really good job of that here. Yeah. I mean, I, I just like, I always associate like a sweetness with Dan. Um, That's and, Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. I love that video where he's just playing drums on the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one of my one of my favorite memories that I have attached to this song is that uh, I used to live in a punk house and our last show, I uh, I played an acoustic set in the kitchen, and I had a few different people come from out of town to Normal, Illinois, for this show. And so I'm like sitting there. I've got a set written out, and then I'm thinking like, okay, like, you know, what do I cover? What do I play last? Mm-hmm. And like, what is a good song that um, is gonna be good for everybody in the room? good for my people who came from this circle in my life good for my people who came from this circle in my life and it was the one that i that came to mind and the one that like you know for the for the like three people that i specifically played it for it all hit Mm -hmm. on on very very personal and very uh warm levels that are like just thinking about it make me feel fucking good because this is this is one of the one of the one of the beautiful things about 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 doing uh this um doing this with you um me and um you know someone who i'm i'm getting to know uh on a on a level that's that's uh something that I really appreciate and feel really, really great about is that you, you know, you have, you have these attachments to people who you, 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 maybe you see them often, maybe you've been wanting to call them for a really long time. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you haven't spoken to them in, in longer than you feel good about, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I, I'm thinking about like, you know, very, very particular people who, who made a real fucking impact on my life and, and we have this and we're always going to have this. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a really, really wonderful thing that we all get to take part in. And, um, it's, yeah, uh, that just took an unexpected turn. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way. 
obviously about you and getting to do this, but like the song like this, it, you know, it just reminds me of like the people I grew up with who I was like sharing this band with who like, yeah. maybe I don't see enough, but it's like, you know, a big part of the reason, like I'll still go see alkaline trio even today. Granted, it's not like they're playing, but like, uh, is because I know that's the show they're going to be at. Right. Yeah. And like, I know they're going to play a song like this or uh-huh. maybe even this song. Yeah. So they don't play enough that like, just really takes me back to those times where it was just such a bonding thing and it could cross these lines where it's like, especially I think this record and the songs from this record, like no matter what your feelings about them are presently, Uh I think so many people I know had, had that relationship to this album. Yeah. You know, and like it is such a bonding thing and it can feel kind of corny or cheesy now, but like it's, it's a fucking sing along. You it's know? a total sing along, you know, and it's a, it's a total like, you know, it's it's a participation that I think it it means it means so much and it's going to like, you know, it's kind of going to always mean that mm-hmm. for, you know, just for every time every time that you hear it. And, you know, but going back going back to the song itself and going back to to Dan in this band, you know, one of the things that I love about this track is the fact that it's got these four different parts mm-hmm. that are all fucking great. Yeah. And you have this like vision of this guy who's, you know, he's got one song really to contribute to this record. Yeah. And he just throws it all in. Yeah. And it's also like, it's one of those songs that I think could so easily be overlooked because it's so deep in the track list, you uh-huh. know? And granted, like, if if his sole contribution to a record, if they were a brand new band, was track 10 on a 12-track LP in 2018, like, I don't know how many people would make it there. Right. You know? Isn't that, isn't that insane? Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I know that's not everybody, but, you uh-huh. know, like, it is... This is not the world we live in. So for him to like have a track this late and for people to be like, this is fucking great and rally around it. Like that's a really important thing. And I think it really for him, like, you know, I know there, though he was the front person in Tuesday, like he was kind of shy about that. Like he was not at that time, a very like engaging front person. Uh I think maybe a little reluctant. Yeah. And this feels so much more assured you know and and you really see someone who had always kind of played second fiddle and other things really showing that they were an incredible songwriter who could like you know it it wasn't about you know i'm kind of struggling to hit it wasn't about being like the guy yeah like he 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 found some joy in being the side person Uh uh-huh and I'll use that to like really harness his own voice. And I think that's that's kind of a powerful thing regardless. I, I think so often it's always like, oh, the lead singer is the focus. Right. And I think he needed to put himself out there. And I think he really starts developing his voice and becoming just like someone who's able to take risks and, and sometimes really pull them off. Right. And, well, know, he, I mean, he comes into like such a like creative, like like a creatively like frenetic uh energy of a band right you mm-hmm. have the, the you have this guy who's who's probably like having a hard time like keeping up with everything that's pouring out of him in matt yeah and you get this sense that he just kind of comes in and is kind of like really really uh vibing with what's happening and kind of writes this song that's 
it feels like it's really inspired by just being in this band that he's excited about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's so much excitement in the track, and it's something, you know, we'll see on a lot of songs from this record where, like, in, in some of those pre-choruses and, and the chorus where they just hold out someone uh-huh. for, like, <laughs> minutes on end. Yeah. At least it feels that way. It's, like, it's Matt and Dan and probably Glenn all singing together. And there is, like you were saying about, you know, this song being a connective tissue or so much of this material being a connective tissue is like it invites you to be part of that. And you really feel them all together in this. And that's something that I think they captured so well. And Dan really was able to articulate in a way that felt unique to him, you know, on this song. Yeah, definitely. Because it's it's like, you know, this is like clearly a it's a real thing. You know, this song is definitely about somebody and he's definitely like presenting, um, presenting himself, I think in a, in a very like straight up representation. Um, but what I really, I, you know, I really love just like the dynamic surges that happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the track like blows out the gate with, you know, what Matt takes as like, Matt takes those chords mm-hmm. and mats them up. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And and you know, and then it it leaves a little bit of space for Dan to kind of come in with with the verse and and then it builds and then it totally just drops mm-hmm. to just that that bass line. And I really, really love when it starts to get steam. Oh, yeah. back up again. You hear Glenn coming back in and fucking that pick slide comes in Oof, and yeah. it just like it races and then it slows down again. Yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just it's a really dynamic song. And, and you know, it's one of those things that could feel really disconnected. But I don't know. It just flows. Every part just kind of really simply moves into the next. And I think you can tell it's 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 a moment where they're really firing together. Yeah. And just able to like be like all right this is how it goes and then you know in a lot of bands like i think you know they establish the music and then they kind of like figure out the vocal melodies but you can tell there's just as much care in this era for every part of it yeah every part from like how the drums are focused how they like dynamically shift down and up the the way they sing together the way dan the way they leave room for him to like you know, uh, and drop the f bomb uh-huh. in one of the verses. Oh, like, so good. You know, like there's just a lot of little flares that I think are really interesting, and it shows how much care they were putting into something that probably also came together very naturally. Yeah, and and that's something that's hard to replicate. You know. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, just thinking about all of all of these parts too, and just you know, like Skiba doesn't write a lot of parts. He, you know, he's a very verse chorus songwriter, and I think one of the one of the the great parts, one of the great things about this song is that it doesn't follow any sort of traditional structure. So it's yeah, you know, you're already like. Oh wait, hold on. Is that even the is that the guy from the acoustic song earlier? You yeah, know? Yeah. The the whole like you know, playing catch up to it. I think that's one of the things that I think I always kind of go back to is is the way that this track just kind of grabs you and you know, it brings a lot of levity to this side of the record which is really dark Mm -hmm. but it's also like it's it it brings levity before like bringing levity was dan's job yeah yeah it's i mean because they're so early on and especially like with the next release they do which i would say is almost the 
exact opposite of that. Yeah. Where Dan's song are dark as fuck. Uh-huh. And like Matt is writing the more bouncy ones. You know, I, I think they, they always did a really good job, especially in this era where they're just bouncing off each other. They, they're they able to read each other really well and they're able to create something that I think often like really serves, you know, it may be an unspoken goal, yeah. you know, of like maybe not saying, oh, we need a track like this and writing this, but like really being able to recognize what the other person is doing and being able to then just naturally have that come out of them. And, yeah. and I think there's just such a natural vibe to all of it right yeah because i i feel like it's it's dan's just like hey i wrote this thing on you know like i know that the, yeah <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. What i mean it's just like we're practicing all the time and uh, you know I, I got this thing like what do you guys think and everybody seems like they're so they're so game for it and like yeah and i don't want to overly romanticize this period of that of the band but like i do think there's something to be said like they're all sharing a three flat together they're all living in the same house they're practicing in that house like if Dan has a song, it's a Tuesday night at seven thirty, and he's like, "Hey guys, like I got this idea. You want to? Like, yeah, they could go spend the next two hours on it, finish that song, and then it's there. You know, like yeah. there was such, there's just such an ease, and I think that you know they were so able to just like, you know, identify that and make those things come together in a way that's just so natural and authentic when you're in a new band. Yeah, and I think that there's, you know, it's before before everything is like put into place and there's like a looseness to the playing that I think just is such a great additive to the track too. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's such a like they're, you know, it's, it's a really earnest song I think because they're like putting so much into it. They care so much Mm -hmm. and the imperfections are are a real benefit to it. I think, and this is a song and we're going to talk Probably a great length at another point about the remaster of God Damn It. Yeah, yeah. I really like the way this song comes off not on the original mastering oh, of it. I do too. I think there's just something about it because, like, the way that quiet, you know, drum roll builds up is just uh-huh. like very subtle. And in the background, then boom, the song hits you in the face. And the way it just it needs to kind of dynamically shift down a little bit. And I think that works well on that original, you know, and. I don't know. It's one of those songs that I remember hearing it for the first time, and it it definitely struck me. And it's and like we said about she took him to the lake. There's so many Dan songs that like, like you said, it still kind of sneaks up on you a little bit. Yeah, you know, because Matt's so good at getting you in a mood that like a Dan song comes on and you're just like, fuck yes, oh yeah, you know? totally. And I think um, that's like why the uh, that I think that's why I like the original uh, mastering of it a little bit more because it's so different from everything else on the record that it's, it's almost, you know, it's got a, I think that like when you go back mastering the track, knowing what it is a lot more, you kind of boost the things that you're a little bit more prepared for, which is a lot of the drum stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, you need to have it kind of surprise you. You need to have those shifts feel unexpected. And I think the remaster is really, you know, it's for fans. It's for people who like, you know, love the record. But I think that original version. And when I listen to this record, I still listen to the original version because one, it's just the one I know. Yeah. But also, like, I think there's so much charm to every part of that. Every bad quote unquote production choice or weird songwriting choice, like, it all makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's. Uh, we're, I'm talking a lot about like the beauty of of music yes. on this episode. I'm I'm sorry, but how dare you? The it's amazing 
the things that you love for their imperfections. Mm -hmm. It's, it's fucking beautiful that that is like one of the things that like punk gives you totally that like you fall in love for the fact that it's not supposed to sound this way no totally and i think that's something that drew me to punk and it's what drew me to this band and it's still what draws me to things is that like though i like music all across the spectrum from the beach boys to the Beach Boys. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's called the Brian Wilson spectrum. Um, Sometimes I feel very sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, God only knows. Uh, 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 but to that point, like, yeah, I, there's just something about it that just feels really human to me about punk rock and, and like embracing the imperfections and embracing that like we don't have to do things a certain way. We don't have to, you know, portray ourselves in a certain way. And it's why when punk gets really, you know, uh, glossy and like really, you know, tries to get away from that, that it's, it's just not that interesting to me. And I think yeah, that's the beauty of independent music. That's the beauty of the relationships you build with those people. It's the beauty of every part of it is that like no one is fucking perfect and that is okay. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, uh, you know the 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 beauty of of playing it in your shitty kitchen on your shitty guitar for your shitty friends and you know having having that for the rest of, of my life i i love my boys um what do you give this song my friend Tim? five out of five baby Ooh, it's been a minute since you dropped one of those yep uh this song four and a half dan andriano's out of five Hey, if you like what we're doing here, subscribe to it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend who likes uh, the punk rock and roll. Yeah, or a, Brian Wilson. Tell a friend, like uh, you know, tell tell a tell a digital friend, tell a real life friend, tell a, tell a water cooler friend. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're on Twitter. He's at DB Anthony. I'm at Better Yet Pod. Uh, better yet, Pod. What's that? Well, it's a reference to my other show. You have another show? Better yet, podcast, uh, interview podcast hosted by yours truly, and David's got a show called No Plus Ones. We're on break, but still check it out. We got some uh, good apps in the vault. Great apps. Some of the best Ma- apps. Omar apps, Mike apps. We've got two of them. <laughs> um. I guess I'll always stop and see you. Someone else is not who I would want to do this podcast with. Yeah,